Jake here. Thank you for taking a trip to the past with me. The original podcast version of The Americans will be released weekly, but if you don't want to wait, then go to jakebible.substack.com and become a paid subscriber. You'll receive access to all of The Americans as well as early release novels, audiobooks, and other exclusive extras. That's jakebible.substack.com. Now enjoy the original podcast production of The Americans. Cheers. Warning. This podcast reading is for mature audiences only. You will not be warned again. Welcome to the podcast reading of Jake Bible's The Americans, book two in the Dead Mech Apex Trilogy. The Americans is a side quill to Dead Mech, meaning it takes place simultaneously with book one. You can listen to this novel first or start with Dead Mech. Go to jakebible.com for more information on this podcast, Dead Mech, and other fiction by Jake Bible. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Americans. We got what, episode 15 now? I'd say we're just about halfway through. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I know I've heard from a couple of you that um, they are short episodes, but I'm doing it chapter by chapter now. Um, that's really just all the time I have. They're um, just a hell of a lot easier to edit that way. And hey, you know, I'm not in the podcasting business. I'm in the writing business. And I just podcast because I'm a great guy. Filled with love in my heart for all of you listeners out there. <laughs> all right, I'm going to wipe the tears away. Hold on, excuse me. <sighs> all right, I'm better. Okay. Nah, you guys are great. Seriously. Um, I have to say May, download-wise, was honestly one of my best months ever. Uh, people are checking out the Americans and digging this. Seriously. Um, so if you're listening to this and you're digging it and I don't know who you are, give a shout out. Come on. I'm on Twitter at Jake Bible. I have a Facebook fan page. It's fun. Come on, interact. Say hi. I'll say hi back. I will. Honestly, <laughs> you'll probably eventually wish I don't say hi back, but hey, whatever can of worms you want to open, that's up to you. All right. I think I'm going to finish up rambling here. Don't forget, we got uh, 31 Days of Halloween, a lovely ebook with um, Halloween Drabbles. Uh, it's outstanding stuff because I wrote it and everything I write is just great. Uh, there's Bethany and the Zombie Jesus, which is an outstanding um, collection of short stories of my short stories, anchored by the wonderful novelette, Bethany and the Zombie Jesus. Um, I think zombie fans out there, you're going to dig this, so go get that. And then Dead Mac, of course, is on ebook too. Um, hey, that shit's awesome. And you should read it. If you haven't listened to the podcast in a while, then buy the book. Read the book. Because the Americans will probably be out as an ebook and print format uh, by about the end of the summer. So that'll be cool. That'll be good. Get some sales a rocking. Get it going. Yeah, yes. And it'll be out in time before the uh, Christmas holiday so that um, there's plenty of time to get things tweaked if there's any issues. And um, people can buy the books and give them as gifts. Gift. Wow. You know, a simple word like gifts apparently is not a simple word for my mouth. That is sad. <laughs> all right. Done. I am all, all done. Um, rambling.
Wow, my brain just shut down for like a millisecond there. It went completely blank. That's good stuff. Okay, I need to get off this microphone. Enjoy the episode, everybody. You guys are great. Yeah, big hugs, manly hugs. All right, cheers, y'all. Chapter 18 Alexander watched the hollow as Dr. Stillig and his assistant removed piece after piece of Heather's body while she screamed in agony. He couldn't help but feel a bit of pride at the fact that no matter what they did to her, she never begged for mercy or asked them to stop. Mr. Brown Eyes in turn watched Alex's face, trying to gauge whether or not the torture of his ex-wife was having any effect. He quickly came to a conclusion. Turn it off. She just keeps growing the parts back. It's not like they can really have any effect on her. The hollow disappeared and the prince was forced to focus back on the three men, his sister, and Zverev. So, what now? Alexander asked, leaning back in his chair. You start in on Mel, he smiled. Don't you get it? I don't give a shit about anyone but myself. And even that is stretching it. Should I begin to cut Mr. Geltz, your highness? Zverev asked. Maybe seeing it in person will motivate the prince. Don't bother. Alexander responded. Listen, this could go on forever. How about we strike a deal? No deals, the Empress snapped. Your deals are fraught with pitfalls and loopholes. I know you too well, Alexander. But I think you'll like this deal, the prince said, his smile widening. Plus, I don't think it's entirely your say anymore, is it? Alexander turned to the three men. How about you boys? You up for a little bargaining? We will listen, but make no promises, Mr. Continental replied. Go ahead. I will give you the design to the BTT and you let us all go, Alexander said. No way to build loopholes into that deal. You'll give us the design right now, Mr. Plain asked with great suspicion. First, how do we know the design you give us will work? Second, why would you do that now when we can just kill you once we have the design... Third, what can you possibly gain by giving us the plans willfully? What's the change of heart? No change of heart. I'm just bored. Well, that rings true, Natalia laughed. God forbid Alexander get bored. It works like this. You jack me into whatever you want and I'll mentally upload the design. You can study the design to see if it is what you are looking for. Once you know I haven't screwed you, you let me and everyone else go. The catch? Mr. Brown Eyes asked. No catch, except you can't fly the thing without the right pilot, Alexander said. Then the cowboy stays, Natalia barked. That's not really an option since he's already escaped. No, what I mean is that once I am away, I'll send you the code that will unlock the design for the console interface. You don't really need the code, since I'm sure you can have a tech figure it out in a few weeks, but I know you are all on a deadline here, and assuring our safety is the only way you get the code right away. Alexander stood up, and Zverev moved forward. Don't worry, Zvev. I'm not doing anything, just need to pee. I'll let you think about it while I'm relieving myself. The Empress nodded, and Zverev tapped at his calm, calling an escort into the conference room. You're getting what you want. Don't be fools and throw it all away because you want me dead, Nat, Alex said as he was led from the conference room. The door closed behind Alex and he glanced over at the two guards leading him towards the closest laboratory. Do I know you men? 
No, your highness, one answered. We are new since you last visited. Married? Children? No, sir, the other answered. Good, the prince said. Makes this easier. Alexander spun about, jamming both fists in the guards' throats, crushing their windpipes. Sorry it had to be so painful, but look on the bright side. You'll be dead in minutes from lack of air, and then you won't care. The prince took both guards' sidearms and began to run away quickly down the hall. Sorry, Geltz, he said with a glance back at the receding conference room door. As he ran, he bit down hard on his far back right molar again and again until it cracked. You better be fucking listening, Styles. There he is, Styles smiled. Who? Where? Billy asked, looking out at the windshield of the aircraft. I don't see shit. Al, he just activated his emergency locator, Styles said as the BTT banked hard and accelerated. He must have found a way out, and now he's calling for a ride. What about the others, Heather and the girls? Fuck if I know, Styles replied. We'll find out when we get there. The Empress began to pace. Where are they? He must have had to go more than pee, Zverev answered, but his tone belied that even he didn't believe that. I will send a man to check. He's long gone, Gelt said, and all eyes turned on him. Like I said, I really don't know why any of you thought he'd give a shit about me. He does care for the women, though, Mr. Plain said. He'll try to rescue them. Find him! I want his head on— The Empress stopped as she saw the look on Zverev's face. What is it? What has happened? Zverev listened to the report coming in over his calm and activated the shop's security hollows. Everyone in the room gasped. Can I at least get a quick bullet to the brain? Geltz asked. I mean, come on, you've been dragging this out long enough. Zverev pulled his sidearm and fired, blowing Geltz's brains out the back of his head and splattering the wall behind. Damn it, Zverev! The Empress yelled. That wallpaper is irreplaceable! Zverev wasn't listening as he began to bark orders into his calm and rushed from the room. The Americans. They are like evil little cockroaches. Mr. Continental said, you try to kill them and try to kill them, and there's always one left that spreads its disease. The men and the Empress watched in shock at the image of Beth, with Melissa in tow, brutally cutting down the shop guards. Keep behind me, Beth shouted as she focused on the BC in the shop's walls, pulling it out with a thought, forming it with her mind and whipping it out in long, sharp filaments towards the oncoming guards. Body parts flew everywhere as the B.C. lines sliced through limbs, heads, and torsos, splattering the walls with red and making the floor a slick but soon sticky mess. How are you doing that? Melissa yelled, staying close to Beth's back as the B.C. sliced and diced. I don't know, Beth replied, but it feels good. Melissa grabbed up some of the fallen B.C. and concentrated on reforming it. Her head began to hurt slightly as she focused on a design she had been thinking of for a while. It took a few moments, moments in which the body count grew, and she had to pay attention to where she was walking lest she stumble on the stray forearm or head, but she finally worked the BC into what she wanted. She smiled as the biochrome swirled about her hands, her wrists, and upper arms, stretching across her back and creating a so support structure for the 24-inch long blades that extended from each arm. "'Let me take a shot!' Melissa yelled, taking point. "'I need to let off some steam, too. Not all of us got laid today.' "'Hey!' Beth shouted. It's not like I really had control over that. It just sort of happened. Oh, I'm sure that's a story you'll tell yourself for the rest of your life, Melissa laughed, rolling under a swipe from a guard and slicing his belly open, letting his intestines rush forth onto the floor. But whatever, if your pussy gets us out of here, then yay for your pussy. <laughs> 
Melissa spun the blades in front of her, blocking the oncoming barrage of bullets that the squad of guards let loose from down the hall. What slugs did get past her, Beth was able to pick off. Start using more of your designs. Don't think, just let the BC flow, Beth shouted as she skewered five guards in a row, ripping them in half as the BC was yanked up through their torsos and out the necks. The resulting spray of blood was nearly comical if it hadn't been for the choked-off screams of agony. Look who's all expert in shit, Melissa mocked, trying to concentrate on the fight while letting the ghost in her take over the melding of the BC to her body. She felt the weight as Beth directed stream after stream of BC to her, letting it wrap her legs, her waist, her midsection, her chest, and up around her neck and head. For a moment, Melissa thought she'd made a mistake and was going to suffocate. But in a split second, she could see perfectly, and the weight of the BC disappeared as her design took shape. Amazing, Mel! Beth called, watching the BC turn from raw form into a sleek, form-fitting bodysuit in metallic black and gray. Bullets bounced off Melissa harmlessly, although their force made her stumble more than once until she got used to the impacts. I don't think I'll even have bruises, Melissa shouted, then pointed down the hallway. Holy shit! Artillery! Beth watched three guards brace themselves and launch a series of RPGs at their position. A wall of BC flowed from the ground and blocked the projectiles, but the ensuing shockwave sent both girls sprawling. This way, Melissa said, shaking her head, trying to clear the ringing. She grabbed Beth, who was having a hard time focusing, and yanked her to her feet, sprinting towards an open door in the hall. The two girls slammed the door shut, and Beth set to work, bracing it against the oncoming attack. Shit, Melissa swore as she looked about the small supply room they had chosen. Looks like we're going up through the air system. Beth glanced at the ceiling and smiled. No, I don't think so. She concentrated her energy and focused on all the BC around her until she isolated the air ducts themselves. Centering her hands in front of her chest, she took a deep breath, then let her arms fall to her sides. The ceiling exploded and the ductworks fell to the floor in a shower of plaster and metal. Beth concentrated harder and the entire ductworks collapsed, ripping through not only the ceiling but the walls it was over, shredding its way from room to room, creating a narrow path for Melissa and Beth to follow. We need to hurry, Beth said, pulling Melissa along through the jagged gap in the wall into an adjoining room and through the next gap in that room's wall. They'll catch on soon enough if they haven't caught us on a hollow already. Melissa had to laugh to herself. If she had thought this was how the day would turn out when she first helped Beth pick out a riding outfit, she would have called herself crazy. Brian was finding it hard to breathe. The emotions, the adrenaline surges running through him were overwhelming. Not so much because of their intensity, but because they weren't his. Unlike the last time he had helped the girl, the other consciousness, where he was in semi-control, this time the control seemed to have been taken from him. The girl was working on her own, and he was just a passenger, just there to observe and give a nudge if she needed it, which as the battle and violence wore on, she needed less and less. "'She's getting it, isn't she, Brian?' the woman asked. "'Yes,' Brian answered reluctantly. "What? "'What does that mean for me?' You don't need to worry about that. Yet, the woman answered, and Brian swore he heard a note of regret. Neither of us need to worry right now. Brian focused on the girl's actions, her thoughts and movements. She's incredible, he said. I didn't know ghosts could do what she's doing. They can't, Brian. She isn't a ghost, the woman answered, and Brian heard the distinct sound of a blade being pulled from the sheath. She is something new. She is the future. The pain was excruciating as the blade sliced into his side, nicking a rib. Why? he cried out. 
Because it's the only way to keep you focused and not get us lost, the woman said, her breathing growing harsh and ragged as she stabbed him again. We can't get lost, Brian. Not yet. You've been listening to the podcast reading of Jake Bible's The Americans. This novel and recording are protected under whatever latest, greatest Creative Commons license is out there currently. Share this all you want. Just don't even try to make a buck off it without the express permission of the author, me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please go to jakebible.com. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of the re-release of the original podcast production of The Americans. Don't want to wait each week for a new episode? Go to jakebible.substack.com and become a paid subscriber. Want more audiobooks? Go to jakebible.com for info and access to dozens of Jake Bible fiction audiobooks and ebooks. Cheers.